Guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, and today we're getting into collocations. It's been a very long time since we've done these, people. I'm so grateful to do this again. And today we're going to be getting into the, the defining factors, okay? This is what we're naming these collocations. So again, you know how I do it. You have the collocations which you would match with the example definitions A through J on the website. Me, I love telling different stories behind these, and then you'll be able to match them. Okay? So, again, a social trait. Huh, a social trait is something that it's a trait of your, you know, how you socialize. So, some people would say that I am very energetic. Okay? Um... I didn't always have confidence. That's a social trait. I remember when I first uh, went to high school, oh my God, I was one of the shyest students ever. Because again, this was a wide range of women that I've never seen before coming from my neighborhood. Because instead of, you know, having just a two to four kilometer radius of, you know, these individuals going to my school, which was primarily of African-American and Latino uh, descent, like Mexican, uh, El Salvadorian, and Honduran. Then I go to my high school, which has possibly a 40-kilometer radius. So we have Thai Americans, Chinese Americans, Korean Americans, Filipino Americans, people from Guam, uh, you know, African Americans, not from my school, but from a, a, a more, uh, a, like, a more middle-class area. So they speak different from me. So it was interesting to be like, well, he's different from, you know, because it's a concoction. It was a variety. It was a, it was a cesspool. It was a melting pot of so many different people from so many different backgrounds. That's what makes, you know, diversity so beautiful. This is why the likes of Singapore is very good. This is why diverse nations, um, I don't know what you consider a very diverse nation, although America has diverse cities, but they're very not diverse whatsoever in terms of mindset and that's you know just me speaking from personal experience um but again the more diverse a nation is the more open-minded they are towards other groups religions and cultures right we could all agree to that so social trait confidence i didn't have that much uh, then i remember i was sitting in band class and my friend carlos was sitting next to me and me, I was kind of shrugging him off because I'm like, yeah, you're from middle school. I really don't want to talk to you. I want to meet new friends. And he came in, sat next to me. He's like, hey, what's up, Arsenio? I was like, what's up? And so Carlos and I, you know, we breathed the same air. You know, um, I don't know if we were extremely close, but we were very, very, uh, we, we were pretty close, but not as close as we were in 2003, which was my sophomore year. By that time, my personality began developing because Carlos, after summer break of 2003, had become extremely funny. His humor, his personality started developing. So the more I was around Carlos, the more I inherited his traits. And that's the next one I'm going to be getting into, genetic inheritance. Now, of course, me and Carlos, Carlos and I, we do not share the same traits. We do not. Okay, the same genes, if you will. And so genetic inheritance, you see things that are happening on the news right now. They're trying to bait people into believing that this coronavirus is attacking only people of color, which is very, very, it's egregious to see that. 
But they're saying that we have genetic predispositions to why African-Americans are dying so much. And I'm like, um, but okay, wait, African-Americans, Africans, I don't see that many deaths in Africa. What is it you're trying to say? And then I go back and I say, wait, so how many of the, I don't know why they put it into boxes like, oh, uh, color, black people, brown people. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on here? But they're saying that our immune systems aren't as strong and we have genetic predispositions. I completely disagree with that, okay? One, because the majority of people who do get cancer in America, they're not African-American. I'll leave it at that. Number two, our immune systems come from the motherland. And in the motherland, hell, they battled off all types of things on a yearly basis. Yes, lots of lives are lost. But again, I met a South African. He's like, dude, I never get sick. And the reason why I don't get sick is because this, this, this. Our immunity is very powerful. See, I'm from Africa. You're from da, da, da. And so he was speaking to me. And I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense. So the genetic inheritance, I don't believe. But underlying illnesses, I believe 1,000%. Now, it's not just that brown, brown people, black people, green people, red people, yellow people, orange people, pink people. Uh, it's just, it's, I don't know why they put these labels on it. That's why I'm very happy to be away from America. But it's the fact that, hey, if you're obese, you're at risk. If you have high blood pressure, you're at risk. If you have under, any underlying illnesses and you made poor decisions in your past consistently for 365 days a year, and you gained an insane amount of weight, and you have diabetes, and you have this and that, you put yourself at risk. Now, if, quote-unquote, black people fall into that, okay, well, that's very, very unfortunate. But uh, it's America in general. Americans have a problem with that. England, folks in England, not British, because British, that is Wales and Scotland, too. England, specifically, they have a problem with obesity. However, Thailand doesn't have a problem with obesity. Iran has a problem with obesity. Japan doesn't have a problem with obesity. Korea doesn't have a problem with obesity. You see what I mean? I don't know based on immune systems, based on genetic traits, I don't know. But luckily, I'm okay. I've only gotten the flu one time. That was last year. In my lifetime, I got the flu. I got, oh my God, oh my God, tonsillitis like three to four times last year. And I haven't gotten it since October last year, which is one of the longest stretches in my life since being in America. Why? Because I wash my hands now. That's it. No more excuses. I don't use genetic inheritance as excuses because if that's the case, they would say, oh, well, you know, you're this color and, you know, based on your genes, you should be in jail. That's ridiculous. So I don't like that. But you can match it with the definition if you will. Now let's go into it. Developmental milestone something where you've reached a peak in your development so as of late you guys probably don't know i got so many different people that listen to my podcast but i've done a transformation program with the transformation coach from south africa a dear friend of mine by the name of mir butler she took me through this course it was like a 12 to 14 hour course and uh course and honestly the limited beliefs and negative attitudes and things that i had within my subconscious mind for such a long time they've been done away with and now those things no longer happen those ideas and those uh, all of that has been cleared of my subconscious that's a that's the most unbelievable development developmental milestone of my life because i developed myself 
by taking that big step and saying, hey, you know what? To be honest with you, I do believe that I'm not giving my life 120%. That's it. I believe I was giving myself 60%, 80%, and things continued to hinder me. And so after developing that, hey, I opened the floodgates to so much ample opportunity. So that's a developmental milestone. Social environment. A teen social environment, you are a product of your environment, unfortunately, but you do not have to be. Some people, they just sit there idle and they say, I'm just going to let life happen to me instead of, wait, is it happen to me instead of for me? So you have the ability. See, my social environment, I chose not to ditch class. Ditch meaning skip class, meaning do not go to class. But those other students by the name of Ralston, by the name of Chris, and all those other guys, Mark, he was a childhood friend, got straight A's coming straight out of Honolulu, Hawaii, came to Las Vegas. He, was a, he came from a very strict family. Of course, his family being born and raised in the Philippines, and then they migrated to Hawaii. Uh, they didn't really like my kind, but, you know, I grew on them probably over the next three to four years. And then they ended up realizing that I was amazing. <laughs> and big shout out to Mark's brother, June. June was a very quiet one, but him and I finally had the most honest conversation in two decades uh, last year. So big shout out to my man over there. But um, the social environment that Mark was around, he ended up becoming a product of it, but I didn't. I stuck to marching band playing the baritone in freshman year of high school and sophomore year. Mark, he did not. He did not join band per se. But by the time he went to high school, he just, he was more, I, I don't know what it was he loved to do anymore. He was a very studious individual back in middle school, but then he started hanging around with the wrong people became a product of the social environment and dropped out of school at the age, I'm, I'm sorry, at, what is it, grade 10, grade 11? I can't remember. Had to be 11 or 12. I don't really, he did not walk across the stage with me in 2006. I can assure you that. So very, very unfortunate events. Um, but again, social environments. But I lived in the neighborhood where I heard gunshots every night and I chose not to be a part of those gunshots. I lived in the neighborhood before I came here to Thailand seven years ago, wearing scrubs late at night, coming through the little alleyway and walking up to my doorstep only to see a group of six African-Americans looking at me, mean mugging me, which means looking down on me because it seems like I have my life together, but I chose not to be a product of it. That's a social environment. Yeah, baby! Sibling rivalry! Oh my god, I don't know if this is a rivalry because I never really took it serious, but my brother really took it serious. The last time I played him in a video game was 2003 December. I still remember because he wanted to fight me. And he won the game! And I was like, why are you so serious? Ah, I don't care! Ah, it was just going crazy. So it came down to it. We were playing Blitz 2003 on the PlayStation. I had like a 50-yard field goal in the NFL, if you guys don't know what that is, the NFL game. And it went off the, the goalpost, and my brother ran around the, 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 the what is it, the, the living room, screaming at the top of his lungs. And my brother was, my best friend Andre, who I brought onto this podcast, was looking at him like, he's instigating so bad. It is not that serious. Like, my brother, he really, really wanted to fight me at that time. And it's because, I don't know if he took it, he must have taken it, very very serious like i can never lose to my brother but at the same time um you know when it came down to it 
I'm just very grateful uh, that I had that type of rivalry. And I'm like, okay, this is the last day I'm ever going to play a game with you because you're literally trying to instigate a fight right now. You're not a really cool human being. <laughs> Simply rivalries, man. We have it all the time. I don't consider it a rivalry. I do not consider my, 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 my brother an opponent, but apparently he considers me as a threat. Um, I don't know why. But maybe this is what has spurred me on to success. So I'm grateful for it. That's a beautiful thing. Parental responsibility. I do believe that to a certain extent, what I had to go through when I was a child, my sister should have gone through too. Let me give you an example. When I got a bad grade, my mama got that belt and she said, come over here, boy. Cha, cha. And I'm like, ah, screaming. Okay, screaming. That's responsibility. Now, no, that's not abuse, okay? This is what African-American, although my mom was full-blooded Puerto Rican, this is what those types of families would do back in the day. Hey, but all of us, we ended up graduating and going on to doing amazing things in life, right? Okay, my brother plays for an NHL a hockey team in Las Vegas, Las Vegas Golden Knights, the drum line. My sisters, they're working for big hotel, court, you know, courtyard, courthouse, Marriott, all that good stuff, so bless their hearts. Uh, but, you know, my sister, when she got bad grades, my mom didn't care. But when I got bad grades, my mom came after me with a damn sledgehammer. Okay. So she should have got the sledgehammer just like we got the sledgehammer. My oldest sister by far probably had it much worse because my mom in the nineties, she was a mean woman. 2000s, she started letting up. By the time I gotten very tall and I was stronger than her, she never tried coming after me anymore. <laughs> but when I was younger and she could overpower me and I, and I acted out of line, she would come after me. She'd give me a nice little whooping. Luckily, no, it wasn't abuse. I, I don't feel bad or anything. Of course not. It's just how those households were. So uh, parental responsibility to a certain extent. But you also have to make, you have to suffer. No, I wouldn't have to say suffer. You have to experience failure as a child. You're going to have to take losses. You're going to have to cry. If you're a parent and you don't allow that growth responsibility, you're literally quibbling their legs from underneath them. And then when they end up suffering a catastrophe, you know, it could be anything. It could be losing a job, whatever it may be, uh, at, at, you know, after the age of 18, and you're not there to help them, what's going to happen? You see? So, again... I'm glad I'm not a parent, but boy, I would be one of the greats. All right, a competitive streak. The consequences of having a competitive streak. Oh, my God. This is very, very interesting. I, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't man, I'm going to have to, like, hurry up and type this in because I'm like, man, competitive streak. Well, I mean, you know, a competitive streak you know, if someone's, oh, here we go. If someone has a streak of a particular type of behavior, they sometimes behave in that, oh, okay, okay. So yeah, basically, you know, what you do over time just ultimately becomes who you are as an individual. That's it. That's a competitive streak. That's, that's like behaviors forming into habits, habits, you know, turn it into a, per, a personality trait, which is a competitive streak. And then that goes into a characteristic that becomes your overall personality. That's what that is. An uncanny resemblance. Oh my God, I already forgot what that word meant. It's such a shame, man. Had that word in front of me for such a long time. Uncanny's like a, a mysterious. There we go, something strange. 
I hate these big words. Uh, some people would say that's not a big word. It's a big word. Uncanny. It's mysterious. A mysterious resemblance. Have you ever saw someone that looked kind of like you and you're like, what the hell? There you go. <laughs> Idiosynchronatic mannerism. This is when someone has a facial gesture. And perhaps they don't know that they're doing it, but it's very odd. So let me give you an example. I had a student from one of the universities called Bangkok University about five years ago. And when he would say something, and every time he finished a sentence, he would kind of like twitch his face and like squint a little bit with his left eye. And he's like, yeah, I don't understand. And he would do that, that little gesture. And he would continue doing that. Um, other people, they blink both their eyes as if they're like getting ready to sneeze or, they've, or they're in the process of sneezing and then they open it up. Uh, I, I came to find out, well, I, I come to find out, came to find out. I realized that that is a minor, uh, what is it? Not Tourette's, is that Tourette's? No, 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 um, oh my God. I don't know, one of those disorders out there. I'm not like a medical doctor or anything. But when they do that, it's kind of like when someone, oh, man, I forgot the words. But if someone does something weird with their face, okay? My sister, she was one of those people. Now, I don't know why she would do that, uh, my oldest sister, but she would literally, like, she would have those moments where she would just go to another universe. It was so interesting. We never really talked about it either because she stopped doing it after a long time. Like, this is the early 2000s. But she would just, like, point her head up, and then she would just look off to the universe for, like, two seconds and then come back. Or sometimes she would grab her hands and, like, like act like she's squeezing it. And I'm like, I, I never looked at it. No, I, I wouldn't believe that that was a disorder because she ended up going out of that. But that was just a habit. It was an idiosynchronatic mannerism. Pretty, pretty fascinating stuff here. And a strict upbringing. That means you couldn't do this. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do this. Guys, I don't believe in strict upbringing. This is why I love my mother so much. Uh, however, we do not speak. Uh, I still love her to this day because she gave me the ability to live freely. And this is what I loved so much about my mom. And so um, I think the more strict you are, the more you're gonna end up cutting loose. And so think about it. If you have a strict upbringing, your mom says, stay over. No, you gotta be home before this time, that time, this time. When you go off to university, you're gonna lose it. You're gonna lose it. Meaning you're gonna go crazy. And a lot of people would probably disagree with me, but you've got to live while you're living. That is all. Who's the, who's the sad guru, Saguru? I forgot his name. But he said life, or, oh my God, I forgot that quote too. Guys, I'm forgetting everything right now. Oh, oh well. But life is about experience. And if you say, no, 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 cannot, 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 I understand. Maybe you're scared, okay? But again, it's all about the experience. I'm fortunate enough, and I come from a family fortunate enough. I don't know about my brother so much, but my youngest sister, she's the most pure. Me, you know, I mean, I'm probably a little bit bullying, you know what I mean? But I stopped that BS. Uh, when I was younger, because again, I was bullied by my older, my older siblings, but um, all of us, we ended up having great heads on us. You know, we didn't have a strict upbringing. 
Now, my mom said, if you act wrong, if you do this, you do that, especially in the 90s. You got to, you got, boy, I had to watch my back. If we did anything, oh, it would be trouble. But it wasn't to the point, it wasn't to the point where, you know, that I was scared to be around my mom. No, 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 no. I would love it. Every time my mom came home, I would, I would cry some days because my mom would have to work swing shift, which means 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. <clears throat> so when I wake up in the morning, that's the only time I would see my mom. I think that was second grade, if I'm not mistaken, or some parts of third grade. And I remember it was during the summer months too. So my mom would work at like some kind of pharmacy and I would never see her. So there was only one or two nights that I stayed up past the, you know, the, my bedtime just to see my mom, you know? And so I love my mom. I didn't fear my mom whatsoever. The moment you start fearing someone that's terrifying. Yeah. That becomes domestic abuse, you know? So to my extent, I, I don't believe, I believe that someone should be filled with lessons. I think parental guidance should be implemented, filled with lessons. I think a father should be a father, a friend and everything else. Um, but at the same time, you can't be walked over. So luckily I don't have to make any of those decisions. I'm single. I don't have to deal with any of that. But a lot of you out there who are, you know, who are parents, I'm sure you guys are amazed. And I know there's a lot of things that you have to learn along the way. So, oh my God. In saying that, guys, those are my stories for the collocations. If you want to check them out on my blog and match them with the definitions, you are more than free to, you have the capabilities of doing so. So, guys, in saying that, thank you so much for tuning into a very long podcast. Uh, got so much more to come. So much more to come. I'm your host, as always, over and out.